Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. You're listening to Living Better in San Diego. I'm Vicki Pepper. Last month, a video of 40 cows escaping from a slaughterhouse in Pico Rivera went viral. The images of cows running loose on city streets, sparking memes and jokes from the media. But there's another side to this story, that of the cows. Jen Sale is founder and executive director of Sale Ranch Animal Sanctuary in Temecula, a refuge for animals discarded by the food industry. Thank you for joining me today, Jen. Thank you so much for having me. Jen, so many of us say that when we retire, we want to do it on a ranch where we can rescue all the animals. And you certainly don't seem anywhere near retirement age. And don't worry, I'm not going to ask you how old you are. But (laughs) you are living this dream that so many of us talk about. Yeah, I am. I mean, I actually... Sometimes, you know, I stand outside and I think, how is this even my life? Like, how did I get here? You know, I think we all have dreams to be part of a beneficial presence. We all want to do something for the greater good. And animals are such innocent, beautiful individuals. And when we're with them, you just feel joy. You know, they kind of show up without any expectation and they give back whatever you give them. And so... I think a lot of people naturally gravitate towards wanting to save animals and be with them because they make us feel good because, A, we're in their presence, but, B, because we're helping them, right? And so the dream of saving a few animals and then, you know, clearly what we're doing now is so much bigger than anything I could have ever imagine and the dreams that Dave and I my husband and I had paling to comparison what we're actually doing every day like it truly is amazing so I am living the life I'll tell you it's so much work though you know I work 18 hours a day seven days a week having your own animal sanctuary your own ranch it's full time it's it becomes who you are because it's a life of true service Sale Ranch is only a few miles away from Temecula wine country, but it really does feel like it's this haven away from civilization. How did you go from living and working in Orange County to Sale Ranch? <laughs> really good question, Vicki. It's been <sighs> such a process. I'm a horse girl. I grew up with horses. I think that they are such incredible animals. I mean, I, I always say they're magical unicorns in real life that we get to hang out with. They're beautiful. They're powerful. They're wise, and I love horses so much. And so the dream was is that when our kids were older, we wanted to come out to the country, leave the city, get enough property to get off the grid, literally, grow fresh produce, and rescue a couple horses. And 
We did that. So we came and we started building our dream ranch. And as soon as we got here, I started looking to save our first horse. And he was a black Mustang, a BLM Mustang. So he was a wild Mustang, or his mother was. She was rounded up and taken into uh, captivity and she delivered him. And in the process of rescuing him, because he's much older, uh, he wasn't a baby. He had been bounced around his whole life to several different homes. And he was an animal control seizure case, uh, Mm -hmm. severe neglect. And in that moment, I learned about a horse slaughter pipeline. And my husband and I were like, "Uh, what is that? And as an animal lover and a horse lover, how did I not know that? And so everything has just sort of evolved from that, you know, sort of that mentality of we love animals, but we have no idea what is happening behind the scenes in real life and what they're forced to endure and their and their plight. And so as we've grown and I've continued to learn about the realities of the plight of horses, in addition to animals born into the meat and dairy industry, it's heartbreaking, it's mind-blowing, and we have just taken on a life to educate with kindness and facts in hopes that we can create a kinder world for all of us. What kinds of animals live on Sale Ranch now? So we have 100 residents. We have horses. We have donkeys. We have chickens and turkeys. We have goats and sheep. We have cows. We have special need animals. We have dogs. We actually have feral cats that we offer refuge to. So we have a lot of different species here. I noticed that you referred to those animals who live on your ranch as residents. Why is that? Because we see them as individuals. We see them as the living, breathing, feeling beings that they are. We don't see them as production units. We see them as individuals. And what exactly do you do for the animals who live at Sale Ranch Animal Sanctuary? Yeah, we do a lot of stuff. I mean, the goal of Sale Ranch is to create a kinder world for all of us, regardless of species. We feel that, you know, whether we have two legs, four legs, hair, feather, or fur, we're all worthy of kindness, and we're all worthy of compassion. And so when we rescue an animal, we don't just rescue them and get them healthy and throw food at them, but we really work hard to ensure that they're truly living their best life. So... Once the animals come here, and most of our residents show up on death's door, they're literally dying because of the Mm -hmm. individuals that we offer refuge to. They come to us in critically life-threatening crises that we try to bring them back from. So once we get our individuals healed and healthy by providing them the life-saving care that they need, we really work to help them live their best life. So that means not just the best, food and shelter, but that also means we clean the entire ranch twice a day. This place is spotless. We give them clean areas to live. We also have enrichment programs so that they're not just standing around, but they're stimulated, like they're happy, they're thinking, they're doing. Many of our animals get groomed every day. We offer acupuncture, chiropractic care, and energy work to the residents when they need them. Um, And we also have local musicians that come out and serenade our animals. Mm. Animals love live music, like love it. And so we're always looking for individuals that would like to come and donate an hour 
to serenade our residents, and it's beautiful. So we really do try to serve them in their entirety so that they are really, truly living their best lives. And then what happens, Vicki, is we have these animals that are so joyful, and they're beautiful ambassadors of their species so that we get to connect our survivors with our community. Because a lot of people, you know, we live in cities. We go to work and we sit in cubicles. We're inside buildings. Not everybody gets to live the life that I get to live, where I get to hug cows and I get to hold baby goats and I get to belly rub pigs. Like, I'm the luckiest person on planet Earth, and I want to share that with everybody. I want to be able to have people out to the ranch to visit us and create moments where they can experience what I get to experience all the time. Because so many of us have no idea where our food comes from. But the truth is, is that pretty packaged, deboned, defeathered, de-haired thing on a market shelf was somebody. And it was a beautiful somebody that loves belly rubs and kisses and hugs. And, you know, we just want to share that. I'm speaking with Jen Sale, founder and executive director of Sale Ranch Animal Sanctuary in Temecula. Let's talk about some of the residents at Sale Ranch. If you would start with the cows, Faith, Hope, and Love. Yeah. So Faith, Hope, and Love are three of our Holstein cows, which are a very popular breed that the dairy industry uses because of the high volume of milk that they produce. Faithy is the very first cow of Sale Ranch. She will be 5 October 18th. I rescued her from a slaughter auction when she was an hour or two old. She was still wet from being born, and she was already taken from her mom and dumped at an auction for slaughter. I carried her in my arms home. We had our farm vet waiting for us, and she literally lived inside of my house for several weeks. My husband is amazing because (laughs) I had a baby cow in my bathroom literally for weeks. And it was messy, and she was critically sick, in fact. She tried to die on me every day until she was about three months old. And that is because animals are very much like humans in the fact that we're all born without an immune system. And the very first milk that we consume from our mothers has something in it called colostrum. And colostrum is full of the antibodies that help us build our immune system. But the babies that are born into the dairy industry are often taken from their moms immediately at birth, both boys and girls. If a boy, a male baby, is born into the dairy industry, milk doesn't come from happy cows that just milk naturally comes from them. Milk comes from mothers. So like you and I, Vicki, we can't just walk up and start nursing somebody's baby. We have to have a baby in order to stimulate our milk production. So... Boys born into the dairy industry, whether you're a dairy goat, a dairy cow, any individual that is having their milk used for cream or cheese or anything, comes from mothers. And so if you're born a boy, baby boys are not going to grow up to be artificially inseminated, have a baby in order to produce that milk. So babies are always considered a waste or a byproduct in the dairy industry. In fact, the veal industry was created to make money from these waste or unwanted male babies. Because while there's no value in the dairy industry, the meat industry does have some value to them. But veal calves or veal baby cows are killed between 16 and 20 weeks of age for veal, which means the farmer has to raise them. 
So boy babies are often destroyed in many different ways. They can be put into dead piles. They can be left out in fields. They can be shot in the head. They can be sold off to the meat industry. Girl babies are always wanted because mothers and dairies don't live very long just because of the nature of how they, they live under extreme negative energy outputs. So dairy cows carry their babies for nine months, just like human beings do. So girl babies are kept. They're also taken from their moms. They are given the colostrum to help them build their immune system. And they're kept separately so that by the time they're about 13 to 15 months of age, they are artificially inseminated, and then they follow in the footsteps of their mom. But females born into dairy that are considered excess, sick, or are born a twin and have a male offspring, have a male sibling, are considered sterile. And Faith was born a twin, and that's why she was left at the slaughter auction that day, because she is most likely sterile. They're known as free martins. So... Faithy was our first dairy cow, a dairy calf, that we saved. Since then, Sale Ranch is home to seven. The next two girls that joined the beautiful ranch family is Hope. And Hopi was born blind at a commercial dairy farm. And I should say, Vicki, you know, I'm talking in general about the dairy industry. These are general practices. Are there people in these industries that don't do what I just said? I'm sure. So just Speaking in general terms, this is the plight of the animals that we rescue. And this happens by the millions every single year just in this mm. country. So Hope was born blind at a commercial dairy farm, and she was sold off as a day-old calf to a family who was going to raise her and then impregnate her and then use her milk production for their own family needs. But when they got her home, they realized that she was blind. And so they didn't want her. So they called the farm and said, you sold us a blind baby. We'd like to have our money back. And the farmer said, no, but I'll happily exchange her. So the family took this day-old baby calf, put her back in the trailer, and drove her three hours back to this particular dairy farm and picked out the replacement calf, who was a few days old, and picked her up. And as they were leaving, the lady asked, what are you going to do with this blind baby? And the farmer said that he was basically going to destroy her because he didn't want to breed that blind trait forward. Mm. And the lady did not want that to happen. So she said, well, give me the exchange baby, but I'm going to take the blind baby too because I don't want you to kill her. So she took her home and, and the two girls spent eight months together in their pen. And eight months into it, these girls, the lady contacted us to help with placement of the blind cow because she couldn't afford to keep her. Cows are big and they're very, very expensive to feed. They're not necessarily pets. And so she was looking for placement. So we offered to take in the blind baby who we named Hope. And I knew at the time that the exchange baby was still there. And they were going to keep her because they had still had plans to breed her for her milk. And so we brought Hope home. So then we had faith and hope. And eight months later, I got a phone call that the exchange baby was in need of a home. And so after negotiating for several weeks, we were able to have her surrendered, and we were able to reunite 
hope and love. And it was amazing. And I'll tell you, there is a dodo video. So if any of your listeners are familiar with the dodo, they are a company who shares for free all over social media animal videos, like happy ever after stories of animal videos. And they came out and spent the day with us on the ranch and videoed the reunion. And it was absolutely amazing. It was so amazing, Vicki, that when love, when we drove in with love, she was in the trailer and she moved and hope they had been separated for eight months and hope recognized <sighs> her sister's moo and they started mooing back and forth. <laughs> And it was so beautiful. And so we have faith, hope, and love in one of our cow pastures. And the girls have forever refuge. They get to grow old together. And it was beautiful. And it was so amazing. It was such a beautiful moment. And to know that we got to be part of their journey of being reunited, having each other. And now they get to grow old forever together. And in production farming, that just doesn't happen. Families are separated. Babies are taken at birth. Herd animals, flock animals. So whether you're talking about goats or sheep or cows, horses, they love their family. They love their herdmate. Their bonds are so deep. In fact, so deep that these girls were babies. They spent eight months together. Love was basically Hope C&I's friend. And they were separated. And then we were blessed to be able to reunite them eight months later. And they recognized each other's moo. Like the joy that they had to be back together and the joy that they have now three years later is unbelievable. The bonds are so strong. So it's so heartbreaking to know that babies born into these industries are taken from their mothers right away. And a lot of farmers will tell you that dairy mothers are terrible mothers that they've bred it out of them to not like their children. Mm. I can tell you from my experience in rescuing babies and spent cows, spent the mothers from this industry, that they love their children deeply mm. and they are beautiful mothers. And the bonds that they have are deep and they're powerful and they're really no different than the bonds we have with our own children. Regardless of species, there's good moms and there's bad moms to blanket it is not fair and it's not true. I was thinking about this last night as I was preparing for this interview. I have a three-year-old niece and when she was born, I went to meet her when she was just a few hours old, still in the hospital. And my sister was lying in the hospital bed recovering from having had a baby and she started shaking and she didn't understand why she was shaking. And the nurse came in and my sister said, I can't stop shaking. And the nurse said, oh, you just need to hold your baby. And she put my niece in my sister's arms and the shaking stopped. And Amazing. I just thought, wow, this is a magical baby. But it's like that with cows, too. Very much so. I mean, when, they, when these newborn babies, I mean, they're newborn. I mean, many are pulled the second they hit the earth. Most are pulled within 24 hours. These mothers bellow. They cry for days. They cry out for their babies. I mean, they're heartbroken. You know, I often say that. You know, milk comes from heartbroken mothers. Mm -hmm. They're not happy cows that the milk just falls from the sky. They're impregnated to stimulate their milk production, and then they have their babies taken, regardless whether they're born male or female. Their babies are taken. Could you imagine? I mean, that's such a powerful story that you just shared about your sister. That's so powerful. I mean, and it's so true. I can't imagine. I have two children. They're grown, but I can't imagine giving birth to them and having somebody come in and take them and say, well, we're going to take them because you're a bad mom. 
I mean, that's just, that's crazy. And with that, tell us Mama Joy's story. (laughs) Yeah, Mama Joy, we rescued Mama Joy from an organic dairy farm. She is a 14-year-old Jersey cow. She had 10 calves, all taken from her at birth. Most females in the dairy industry are sent to slaughter on average between four and six years of age. Cows can live into their late teens, early 20s, so they live a long time. Um, They're not fully grown. They're not considered an adult until they're four years of age, and they're impregnated for the first time between 13 and 15 months of age. Again, they carry their babies for nine months. So once cow has a baby, you can easily milk her for up over a year. But because we're talking about volume, we're talking about production, these mothers are artificially inseminated again at about 60 days. So imagine if you're a mother cow and you've had a baby, you just had a baby, baby was taken away from you, you're being milked on these machines, and in 60 days you're impregnated again. So the negative energy load that is required from these cows is so extreme. Imagine nursing and carrying a baby at the same time. That is just an insane amount of negative energy that your body is putting out every single day, all day long. So most cows, again, on average, between four and six years of age are considered spent, meaning they're too exhausted or sick to produce enough milk to be considered worthy or valuable to keep around. So they're killed. They're sent to slaughter, and many of those moms become cheap hamburger meat. So most fast food restaurants... And the lower cuts of red meat that you purchase in the store are not coming from beef cows. They're actually coming from used-up dairy cows. So Mama Joy is 14 years old, and she had 10 babies taken from her. Mm. 14 years old is, like, such a rarity in the dairy industry. And so we were contacted because we have somebody that we work with that um, befriended a farmhand at this organic dairy. And she was bonded to this cow that had given so many years of service and she was slated to go to slaughter in 48 hours and so the farmhand reached out and basically said you know I'd like to save her if we can Mm -hmm. and so we absolutely said that we would take her and so we fundraised and we went and got her and when we picked her up she was very very sick she had had a baby you know probably a couple months before and the production she was giving just wasn't enough for her to be considered worthy which is why this farm was sending her to slaughter so she was covered in mites she had severe pneumonia severe pneumonia she was skin and bones and this particular farm had a diarrheal disease meaning the entire farm was covered in poop soup Mm. so the babies were born in manure the mothers were living in manure And because it's an organic farm, she wasn't treated with the antibiotics. And so she had severe pneumonia for a very long time, which we were able to clear up once she got here. We were able to clear the mites. We were able to clear the pneumonia. But because she had gone so long without treatment, that shows a lot of lung scarring. Mm -hmm. But she's here, and she's been here about three months, and she's doing really well. She sunbathes every day. She's getting fed lovely. She's getting lots of love. She's doing really well. She has a sensitive belly just because she's lived such a stressful life. And she loves her little probiotic cookies she gets every day. (laughs) We have cookie time. And so she's doing lovely. She's doing really great. And we're so grateful that she's here because 
We love her for who she is, not what she can do for us. We're here to literally serve her and help her live her best life, what's left of it. And it sounds like she's made some friends with some of the other baby cows who live on the property. Yes. So Mama Joy, we rescued her. But prior to her rescue earlier this year, we had committed to rescuing a couple bull calves, a couple boy babies that were going to be born on this farm. We were just waiting for them to be born. And so... Right after we rescued Mama, we got a phone call that the babies were born, and one of the babies was born blind. So he was born and immediately taken from his mom and put in a separate area with the other babies and basically left alone. And so this rescue turned into a big rescue. We actually had our transport go up and pick up the two babies, which turned into be seven babies that the farmhand and the farmer directly surrendered to us. And so by the time we transport got there, one of the seven babies had passed. Mm -hmm. um, And the other six went straight to UC Davis, where they spent 10 days in the ICU receiving life-saving care. Mm -hmm. Again, these babies, they're born without an immune system, and they didn't get the colostrum from their mom, and they were left in an area that had a lot of feces. Again, this farm had a diarrheal bug. So these babies were in ICU fighting for their life. They had cryptosporidium. They had rotavirus, coronavirus. They had these insane, very, very life-ending parasites and bacteria that were attacking their intestines, trying to kill them. So thankfully, the babies were improving. Another baby was lost during ICU. His body just wasn't strong enough to pull through. So five survived, and we ended up welcoming three here to the ranch, Waffles, um, who was the baby that was born blind, Whiskey. And walnut, and walnut has something called an atrial septal defect. So he has a tiny hole between the two upper chambers in his heart. Uh, but his oxygen perfusion test, like everything's perfect. They're happy babies, and we lovingly call them the cowboys. And so what's really awesome about the cowboys is that the cowboys were taken from their mother, different mothers, but they were taken from their moms the minute they were born. Most babies are pulled within 24 hours of their birth from their mothers. But oftentimes the reality is is that they're pulled the second they hit the earth. And so these boys were pulled immediately as they were born. They didn't get to bond with their moms. They didn't get their mom's milk. So they never got that experience. Mama Joy, coming from the same farm, never got to have the experience of raising her babies. So now that everybody's medically cleared, we are going to, they're already having play dates, but we're basically putting together these individuals and offering them their own families so that Mama Joy gets the opportunity to raise the babies she never had. And then the babies get the opportunity to have a mother figure that can nurture them, teach them manners, and just give them the socializing skills. And so it's really amazing Chances of them being together for the rest of their life is probably not going to happen because these boys are young and they're healthy and they're going to be big. And Mama is very much older. She's very much worn down from the life that she's lived. So we think that probably for the next year, year, year and a half, they'll get to be this beautiful family. So they're amazing ambassadors of their species. They get to have their own sort of man-made family like, and it's amazing. And we actually have taken our time in putting them together because we need to make sure 
that it was for them, right? Mm-hmm. So the picture of putting them all together sounds beautiful, but maybe they weren't into it, right? Well, they've all made it very clear to us that <laughs> they're into it. So they talk back and forth all day long. Mama Joy has made it very clear she wants those babies in there. So, <laughs> so we walk them down to visit her every single day, and we're finishing some add-on to her area and adjusting the fencing so that the boys will be safe in there, and specifically Waffles, the blind baby. We need to know that he'll be okay in there. So they're doing play dates, and they're all going to be together, and they all love each other so much already. And so it's really beautiful. And again, that's what we get to do. That's what I get to spend my days doing. I get to spend my days hanging out with these amazing animals and being part of their story and their joy. And it's magical. I mean, Sail Ranch is a magical place because we get to do this. I can't get over how cute some of the names that you have for the residents are. Tell us about the sheep. Oh, (laughs) (laughs) so we have 10 sheep here. We have a sheep pasture. And we have different sheep. We have sheep that came to us that were slaughter-bound from FFA and 4-H projects uh, for the wool industry. And my husband is a musician, and so we have a theme. Uh, Now, I'll say, now that we're 100 residents in, 10 years into this journey, not everybody is named after a musician, but so many are. (laughs) And so in our sheep pasture, we have Jellybean and Mary, who came from a wool farm that were going to be killed because the farmer didn't like the color of their wool on one, and another baby was a runt and couldn't suckle from her mom. So both the babies were left out in the field in the middle of winter in Oregon. We welcome them. And then we have Evie Nick, who has a neurological hind-in, and she was born and left out in a remote field for the coyotes, and her ears ended up with frostbite because it was during winter. So by the time she was rescued... Her ears were necrotic. They were so infected and the tissue was dead that they kind of had clumps falling off. But she's beautiful and she's perfect, and that's Stevie Nicks. Mm -hmm. And then we have Amy Lou Harris and June Carter Cash, who are sisters. They uh, were born onto a meat farm, and they were going to be slaughtered, but we were able to rescue them instead. And they're insanely bonded. And actually, June and Emmy are the first two sheep that we brought home to the ranch. That was probably, I think, that was five years ago. And then we have our BFFs that, it's kind of funny now, but, I mean, only because circumstances have changed. It wasn't always like this. And they've been here longer than, like, the new situation. So Miranda Lambert uh, came to us, and her BFF. Is Gwen Stefani. <laughs> I can't get over that. <laughs> I know. Super fun, right? But, you know, again, we named them before, and, you know, it's all lovely. And they really are BFFs. They're beautiful. And everybody, you know, in that pasture, they're all really best friends. Again, they're herd mates, and so they love each other deeply, and they watch out for each other, and it's beautiful. And sheep are beautiful. Sheep are like your grandma. You know, they're kind, and they're so wise. And you can learn so much from just being in their presence. Sheep are amazing. I'm speaking with Jen Sale, founder and executive director of Sale Ranch Animal Sanctuary in Temecula. All of the residents at Sale Ranch are fed mostly a diet of fruits and vegetables that are grown on the property. Tell us about your garden and this off-grid facility. Yeah. So, you know, early on in our conversation today, Vicki, you had asked me how this whole thing started And it's been quite the journey. So we actually left the city to specifically live a simple yet 
beneficial life of helping others in whatever way that looked like, right? It's different for all of us. But we built our dream ranch 100% off the grid. So what that means is we're not connected to any utility at all. We literally power the entire ranch off of the sun. And then at nighttime, we live like you would if you lived on a boat. We live off of a bank of batteries that harnesses the extra sun's power that we use at night. We pull water from the earth, from our well. And then because we've grown into this huge farm sanctuary, the the initial thought was to come and sort of homestead. We wanted to rescue a couple horses again. You know, I'm a horse girl. And we wanted to garden. We wanted to eat clean, organic produce, worried about what we're eating from our main market and how genetically modified everything is from seed to animals. Everything has been so greatly changed, Frankenstein in many ways. And so... We began our off-grid sanctuary life, and so the ranch is fully off the grid. We upcycle our residence manure into this beautiful compost, and we grow fresh produce that we feed back to them. So we have two garden areas that we grow and we literally feed. In fact, I shared recently on social media us preparing our pig's dinner with fresh beets and carrots and zucchini and Swiss chard from our garden that went into their dinner bowls with their piggy pellets. And then because it's been so hot, we're adding a mix of Gatorade and water to help them sort of rebound overnight from the the heat of the day. So we really try to be the full circle sanctuary and refuge, literally. We're saving animals from an industry that is using so much of the Earth's resources. And we're doing it while we're reducing our own carbon footprint at the same time. And that's pretty awesome. How has the meat and dairy industry convinced us that we need animal products in our diets? Yeah. So, I mean, that's kind of a loaded question. (laughs) Well, it's business, right? And so this is generation and generation and generation of convincing us that people have to get protein from animals. But the truth is, is that there's a lot of other ways that we can get the proteins that our bodies need to live a happy, healthy life. And we can do so without harming others. Meat and dairy, these are gigantic industries that are insanely powerful. They have a lot of influence. I share this story a lot. And I know that you and I talked about it the other day, but I think back to when like I was a kid and you talk about the nutritional guidelines that we need. And when I was in school, our nutritional guide was a pyramid. And the pyramid was meat at the bottom, dairy, you know, meat and dairy. And then it was like plants were in the middle. And then at the very top was a little dot for nuts. And if you just Google that, you're going to find that the cattlemen and the dairymen associations created those graphs that are in our schools. And so there's a lot of influence there. And I think that We don't know what we don't know. And as a society, your society, so no matter where you live, you know, your society deems what is acceptable food and what you need. And that's different everywhere. So there's a lot of influence there because it's power and it's money. And it's in everything. Milk does the body good. I don't agree with that. And there's a lot of stats that can back that up that are readily found. And I think that everybody needs to go and do their own research. Like I could sit here right now and start rattling off a bunch of stuff. But I think in order to really 
find out what you need for your own body and your own needs is to do your own research and not necessarily just believe what's being fed to us because there's more to the story. There's always more to the story than what you think. And so it's money and it's power as to why we've been told we have to have all these things that I just don't think we need. And the vegan movement, you know, the plant-based movement is skyrocketing right now because social media, it's not great for everything, but it's really good for spreading awareness for certain things and sort of shedding light on things that have been hidden for a long time. I mean, like, Do we really know where our food comes from? And really, what is it that we're consuming? Do we know, do most people know that when you're consuming animals in general, you're consuming babies? Pigs are slaughtered at six months of age. They're not fully grown until they're three. How many people know that a used up dairy cow is actually hamburger most of the time? Like, we just don't know that. And so, again, we don't know what we don't know. And so we just kind of go along with it. But when you start looking around and you start doing your own research, pretty eye-opening as to how much we've been told that just isn't true or how much has been purposely kept in the dark so that we're not making informed decisions about what we really need for ourselves and our own family. You mentioned protein and I'm a vegetarian and I've found that once I tell someone I'm a vegetarian, they suddenly become very concerned about my protein intake. Uh, Where can people who eat a plant-based diet get their protein? So there's a ton of ways. I mean, there's so many ways that you can get protein. And one thing I'll say really quick too is that Think about these huge animals, massive, right? Elephants, rhinoceros, cows, 2,000-pound cows. What are they eating? They're not eating animal proteins. They're eating plants. And we're planting so much corn and soy to feed these animals when they should be eating grass, right? We're creating these middlemen, and they're not eating animal proteins either. So you can get proteins. Lots of vegetables have proteins. Nuts have proteins. Beans. Beans. Lots of different beans have proteins. I mean, there really is a plethora of information. And if anybody is even thinking about looking into a plant-based diet, ditching dairy or meat for one day a week, you know, meatless Monday, dairy-free Tuesday, like looking into that stuff, I'll tell you on social media, on anywhere, both Facebook, Instagram, even Twitter, you can just pop in plant-based groups or pages and you'll find a plethora of information, recipes. Pinterest is another. Pinterest is pretty fun because they have reviews and pictures and you can see people that are just like you that are checking it out and they're going to say, wow, this is really good. Wow, this is really awful. Maybe try this, you know? And so there's so much information out there now. And every day I feel like there's more information. You know, people that were vegan 30 years ago, man, that would have just been like, what, rice, beans, and nuts. But now there's everything. I mean, we don't miss out on anything. I'm Italian. So we eat and drink wine to celebrate everything, right? I mean, that's just life. And and I love food. I mean, we celebrate food. It's such a beautiful thing to gather your family around and enjoy and really be appreciative of where it comes from and how hard farmers work to produce the food that they do to feed the nation. And so food is beautiful. And when we're looking at plants and how to make them flavorful and the benefits that they have, I mean, it's so much healthier for us. It's so much healthier for us. It's healthier for the planet to grow clean produce, and it's certainly a billion times healthier and happier for the animals that are enslaved in these industries for their flesh. And so eating plants is exciting, and when you start digging in there and finding recipes and experimenting and, you know, and now 
it's not like you have to go to five different stores to get what you want for your dinner that night. You just go to the main market. Everybody has plant-based options. They're plentiful. And every day there's more and more because it's just so beneficial uh, in so many different ways. I'm speaking with Jen Sale, executive director and founder of Sale Ranch Animal Sanctuary in Temecula. Beyond the animals, Sale Ranch also takes care of humans who need some extra love in their lives. Tell us how Sale Ranch helps foster kids. Yes. So we host opportunities for people that have suffered trauma, whether it's a foster child or a child that has just had trauma in their life. A place to come that is peaceful and quiet, judgment-free, no agenda, just a place to come and be quiet and take the moment or moments to start to heal their own soul. Animals are animals are so amazing. They vibrate on such a different level than we do. And like I said earlier, they come in with no expectations. They're wide open and they give back what they receive. And they're such beautiful healers that when these kids come and they've suffered trauma. So think about children that are in the foster system. They've either been taken away from their family because they were unwanted or maybe the circumstances there were unfit. And either way, they needed to go, right? Well, we have so many individuals here that are survivors of the dairy industry, and they were born and they were taken from their moms. They were unwanted, right? The similarity there we found is so powerful. Mm. You know, people that have suffered trauma that maybe have social anxiety and they have a hard time connecting with people, but they can come and they just melt into our animals. It's beautiful and it's amazing. So I'm really proud of our journey thus far. You know, we're 10 years in and I'm excited to see where we're going because we are growing and we want to continue to be a special place of non-judgment and healing for everybody, regardless of species. After I visited Sale Ranch last week, I, of course, posted pictures on Facebook and Instagram, and immediately so many people have been asking me, how can I experience this? Do you offer tours of Sale Ranch? We do. We offer private tours. We have tour seasons, and so we're not open to the public. We only open up at certain times through the year, and you can get all the information on our website, which is saleranch.org. But we will be announcing our fall tour dates and event dates probably in the next few weeks, maybe two to three weeks. We'll be opening up in the fall. So basically from the fall through spring, we do uh, private tours, and then we open up the ranch a couple times a year to the public so that you guys can come out and see what we do in real life. And in between that, we share on social media every single day, sometimes multiple posts a day, so that we can share our daily journey with those that are interested in following along. But coming out here, absolutely. So we offer several events a year in addition to private tours. And tell us about the volunteer opportunities at Sale Ranch. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) So we love our volunteers. This is so much work to run a sanctuary correctly. And to really serve the animals in their entirety, it takes a ton of people because the work is 24-7. So our current volunteer team is about 60 people. We have three employees. And our volunteers are part of our ranch crew family. Like, we love them dearly. These human beings come and just give their time to help us serve the animals. And so information is also on our website. But in general, you have to be 18 years of age. For liability purposes, 
And it's work. We literally do ranch chores. So you're mucking, you're raking, you're scrubbing out waters. Maybe you're grooming some of the animals. Some of our senior volunteers help with the caregiver side. So whether we're soaking turkey feet or we're doing physical therapy, we have Beans Barn, which is our special needs barn. So we have animals that are in wheelchairs and have prosthetic legs and they need physical therapy. They need help getting their braces on or off, giving bath. And so it's physical, but it's really, really, really rewarding. And then again, you are part of our family and get to have those moments of connection. You know, we assign our volunteers certain areas so that you really get to put all of your energy into making sure that that housing area is beautiful, but also that you get to know our residents and that they get to know you. And do you have any plans for expansion? We do. We are looking to purchase additional property. We're actively searching right now, and we're really hoping that we can find something soon. The dream is that we can pick up more acreage to be able to build an education center and two more cow pastures specifically for spent dairy cows and babies. So we want to have a pasture dedicated to mothers like Mama Joy that are older that need sort of in a couple years she's going to need a quiet life. And then we're going to need a pasture where we can put like the cowboys, the rowdy boys that are going to be crazy town in a couple of years. They're going to be big and they're going to be out of control, fun, right? But they're not going to want to be with, you know, older cows. And so the goal is to pick up more property so that, again, we can have the education center and create two different pastures, one for a retirement herd and one for more of the rowdy, busy herd. Do you have a need for donations? <laughs> We always have a need for donations, <laughs> yes. So we are a 501c3 nonprofit organization. We run 100% off of donations. Every single dollar that is given goes to the animals. Dave and I, my husband and I, do not take one penny. We work for free. In fact, he works off property to pay for our own needs so that I can be here all the time serving the residents. We have different programs. So you can, of course, do a one-time donation or you can pledge any dollar amount that you want from a dollar or more and become a monthly superhero. You can sponsor a specific resident here. And then we do things for our monthly donors. So if you sponsor an animal, you'll get updates. If you sponsor, if you become a monthly hero for a certain dollar amount, we offer you know one private tour a year for you and a guest. We do different things, different events for our local donors because we love and appreciate them so much. The magic of Sale Ranch and the growth and the ability to continue to create happy ever afters for those that show up broken and dying is insanely expensive. And without our donors, we just couldn't do what we do. So our donors are so important to the mission and the growth of Sale Ranch. And we just appreciate everybody so much, whether you're giving a dollar or a million dollars. We don't have a million dollars, but that would be awesome. <laughs> so, you know, regardless of price point, we're so incredibly grateful. You also have some really cute merch on your website, too. <laughs> we do. <laughs> so, we do. We try to make it, everything we do here is with kindness. I've talked a lot about dairy today in this conversation, and it's hard, right? It's, it's a really hard, heavy conversation, but it's conversations that we need to have. And we love everybody. Farmers are incredible people. They're working their butts off for their family. They're working really hard. It's just that we see farmed animals 
as individuals, not production units for money. And so there's a bit of a difference there. So while we talk about heavy stuff, we always want to try to do it through kindness and we want to do it without judgment. And so our merchandise, we try to reflect that in there. So we just have our logo t-shirts, which are super fun. Um, But we have other ones that are really good. We have t-shirts and tank tops that say, I just want to hug a cow, kiss a pig, dip wine, and save animals. And then we have another shirt that says, peace, love, and cow hugs. I mean, cow hugs are amazing. I mean, they're amazing. So... You know, we have a lot of different merch, and all that information's in our store, too. And when you say that the work is 24-7, 365 days a year, you aren't joking. You never leave the ranch, and you really do work hands-on with all of the animals all the time. All of the time. All of the time. Yeah. I mean, the workload is really intense, and it's very big. You know, I was a nurse prior to doing this, and so... We sort of have gravitated just in the process of our journey from starting off as a small horse ranch to learning about dairy and the meat industry and rescuing individuals from there. Because of the nature of the animals that we take, everybody comes here in such crisis. And there's no hospital locally that treats farmed animals. We have farm vets that come out. And there's a lot of stuff that we can do in the field, but not everything. And so if an animal is critically sick, Sometimes we have to go up to UC Davis, and that's 10 hours away. So the individuals that we offer refuge to literally will die without our intervention. I mean, they have zero chance. So for part of the year, we're really like a hospital here. And so I have to be here all the time. And then because we have so many residents and there's so much work that goes on here, whether it's medications, it's putting, you know, babies in wheelchairs or prosthetic legs or cleaning pastures or doing foot soaks on turkeys because they've been genetically modified to grow so big that they have a hard time carrying their own weight Mm -hmm. to acupuncture or maybe grooming or like I said we do enrichment we do things with our horse residents to get them out and let them play and have fun and so it's work all the time and if somebody needs us or there's an emergency on property we don't know what time that's going to happen so you know there's always people on property and we literally work 24-7. I've been speaking with Jen Sale, founder and executive director of Sale Ranch Animal Sanctuary in Temecula. Is there anything else you want us to know? And again, give us your website. Yeah, thank you so much for having me today. This was really fun and I'm so grateful to the opportunity to just share our life-changing work. I mean, I, I, I feel like what we do is so critical out here. You know, it's so important for so many different reasons. And just to be able to share what we do here in in our hopes and dreams of the future and as we're currently growing and just share that with your listeners, it's been a blessing and and I'm just so grateful. So I thank you for that. I would just say, follow us, check us out on social media, help if you're local, we're always looking for volunteers. Come volunteer with us, book a private tour with us, come to an event, support us. For those that maybe financially can't help us, you can help us. By following along on social media, telling your friends and family about what we do here, sending us your love and light. I'm a huge believer in the power of prayer, and we're always open to taking your well wishes. So there's lots of ways that you can help us. Get involved. Check us out. Learn more about us on our website, again, at saleranch.org. And then on social media, we're everywhere, literally. So find us, follow us, comment, just learn about us. That'd be really amazing. Thank you so much for talking with us today. And thank you for giving a happily ever after to so many animals.
No, thank you so much. It's such an honor to serve them and to share them with our community. I mean, they really are incredible, and I'm just beyond blessed to be part of their journey. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular-season game on your favorite streaming devices, anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode and catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.